G'day listeners, Tom here from The Rock Zone. We just got finished recording episode 29. Um, we just want to preface this episode. It's a bit loosey-goosey. We kind of just had a bit of a fun time whilst we are recording on the road. Uh, we're currently driving to Essen to compete in the event this weekend. Um, we had a little bit of a detour here and there with the conversation we had, but we thought we'd release it in its raw form because it's just a bit of fun. It's just three guys three good friends catching up and kind of shooting the shit so we talk about Essen we talk about what Max and Ben are going to be doing in the races this week we also talk about running a little bit and we talk about what we ate at McDonald's in France and I think someone farts at the end of the episode so stay tuned for that <laughs> you're giving away all the secrets now well now you're gonna to have to listen to the end of the episode to see who it was anyway without further ado peace and love rock zone in Are we in? Are we live? We're live. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And we're on the road. Um, what's up, guys? Welcome to, I don't know what episode this is of The Rock Zone, but uh, this is our first on-the-road episode. Uh, we're actually on the tarmac. We're in a car. Max is driving. He's got his hair tied back. Tom's in the back seat, uh, looking intently like the lost puppy he is, seeing where mummy and daddy are driving. Um, and uh, yeah, the sun's actually just set in Belgium. Um, Belgique. Belgium. Um, where are we going, guys? Where, where are we actually off to? Uh, Deutschland. 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 Yeah, and what are we doing there? Hyrox! Hyrox, babies. Hyrox Essen. And when are we getting there? I don't know. Why are we going? Fun. <laughs> Sports. Sports. Uh, yeah, so the, we're actually, well, we're going down on a Thursday. That probably explains why we haven't uh, dropped an episode uh, earlier this week for you. So apologies for the small break in consistency there. Um, but yeah, we're driving across. We're racing in Essen this weekend um, ahead of London the following weekend. So it's going to be a nice one to actually touch base in Germany and meet up with Max's parents, more importantly, which is going to be nice and have some raclette. And dog. And dog. Right. Can we ground this episode in some context? You've said a lot of things, and all of that will be very confusing for a lot of people. So, what... Stop f- stop fidgeting. Right. <laughs> so, ground so we, we are going to Essen, which is a city in the northwestern region of Germany, very close to Dusseldorf, which might be more familiar name to some people, which is where my parents reside. So we are currently in the car, having driven from London to Dover, got on the train to Calais, where we stopped off and had a wonderful McDonald's meal, which Ben will enlighten us on in a minute. And we've driven through into Belgium, going to be entering Holland in about roughly two hours' time, then into Germany, Welcome to the Rock Zone episode, whatever it is. Here we go. Nice. I think I covered all of that and you've just rehashed it, but great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're off to, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do we actually want to talk about this episode? You mentioned that McDonald's. Okay, I mean, let's, start, let's start there. Let's yeah? Start, yeah? Start with yeah, McDonald's? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, fr- French McDonald's is different. Um, it is different. Yeah, I kind of like it. I would give the chicken nug nugs a 9 out of 10. Yeah, what was good about them? They were just hot and crispy. Yeah. However, <laughs> your baguette burger was trash. Yeah, the ba- I, yeah, I ordered a baguette. So imagine like a, a No, 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 oh. no. Ben ordered every single item on the menu. Every, no, every item that was different. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're only in France once in a blue moon. We've left the EU. Like, it's now considered foreign food. Um, you so, had your passport stamped? Yeah, but passport did get stamped on the way over. Um, I think the croque monsieur um, was quite interesting from McDonald's. Croque McDo, yeah, the, actually. Yeah, the muck, muck croque. No, what? no, 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 it was the croque McDo. The croque McDo. Yes. There wasn't any dough in it. Croc McDonald's. Ah, okay. Oh shit. Okay, here we go. Follow <laughs> that. Um, the the double fish fillet that was decent. Like you can only get a single in the UK. Um, double was decent. Um, decent. Decent, mate. The and the quesadilla, believe it or not. Oh, they make the classic French quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they got a quesadilla in French McDonald's. But you ordered it anyway. I mean, yeah, so McDonald's, obviously, probably not the best thing to eat before a High Rocks, but course, yeah. it was one of those. We're on the road, life gets in the way, and I've been nagging Max for some food for a couple of hours. So we've got High Rocks this Saturday. Um, what are you boys doing? Who, uh, what, what, what race are you entering? So I'm making it a family affair, and in addition to mum and dad, grandma and grandpa coming out to support... It will be my brother lining up at the start line with me, and we're racing as a duo. So men's doubles is my poison of choice this time round. And how prepped is your brother, Felix? See, this is problematic. I don't really know. He said he went on a few runs, but the idea of people taking their shirts off by virtue of being sweaty is an image he cannot get out of his mind. That is just so ridiculous. Um, so he's going to be in for a surprise mm. when he sees the bare-chested men running round. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think that's going to be interesting. It's, so it's his first high rocks. He's done a few runs. He doesn't like sweat. Like, have you actually told him what's in it at all? Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> well, this might be an interesting piece of anecdotal no that's not the right word this might be an interesting piece of resonating material for our listeners if anyone else has tried to animate a friend or family member to get into high rocks and found it rather difficult because it is quite hard to explain what it is and more importantly once they've understood it why on earth you would do that so how did you get how did you convince Felix to do it your brother um I told him mum would pay for it. Mm, that's a very good reason. <laughs> I think uh, if your mum buys you anything, it's like rude to reject it as well. So there's that, there's that sort of element of like, mm, no, I, I think I must do this now. This is good for good family bonding material. Well, it's, it's also one of those things, you know, it's my passion. I host a podcast with Ben and Tom about it. You know, it's infectious, the energy that mm. I bring and enthusiasm about this sport I think that makes it a little bit easier. I think, so off air, we, just now we were talking about the PFT tour and actually getting our friends down to it um, and getting people involved in High Rocks. On the topic of trying to get people enthused about the sport, Tom, do you have any sort of recommendations on how you would invite people into a PFT or down to a High Rocks? I feel as though we spent some time doing this last year to get our friends involved, and you, yeah, yeah, no, I was actually successful. Uh, you were candidate. a successful candidate, yeah. Um, I think one thing was selling the, it's a group thing, your friends will be coming to it as well, definitely worked. So I basically went around and told people that so-and-so was coming, even though they weren't coming yet. And then I told the other people that 
so and so, the other person was coming, and then therefore so you everyone. Lied. You're, you're well, a liar. I didn't lie. I you're just, a liar. Well, well, I didn't lie because they all came in the end. But Sounds I like told. A good let's say I had my friend Sam and Jack. <laughs> let's ignore. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what you said. I said it sounds like a good party. Okay, continue. So basically, I I told Jack that Sam was going, and then told Sam that Jack was going, and therefore both of them went. Who are Jack and Sam? Well, just we're making up names here, but that's what I told my friends. Why would you not use your real friends' names? Okay, but Callum, but they're because they all. Okay, anyway, doesn't matter. Oh no, but Angus is coming to the one in uh, London, isn't he? Yes, my friend Angus is coming. He's competed multiple times now in the PFT. Yeah, but regardless of. Anyway, I think people were sold on the fact that it was something different on a Saturday and it wasn't alcohol related. It was a thing that other friends of theirs were doing. And I think it was kind of a lot of people came in and around January, February time, which is that time of year when you kind of want to start afresh and kickstart your fitness career again. So um, I used the timing quite well for that as well, I would say. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, high rocks is a winter sport, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna time us out. I'm gonna time us out and say this is a good warm-up exercise, but we have absolutely. I'm going to overrule that and keep going because I'm enjoying this episode. Yes, so, overrule. so, overrule. so sorry, mate. Talking about anything. Yes, we are. We were just yeah, about to talk about the fact that I want to put the mic back on you, Ben. What are you doing at Essen? What's the race you're running? So my Essen race is going to be my my recovery story arc it's going to be the the batman whatever the second sequel one is i'm going to get so much hate for dark that dark knight rises yeah dark knight rises um dark knight returns returns i don't know yeah batman the batman um, the batman i'm the batman i'm batman um so i'm that was tenuous um i'm i'm doing singles I'm doing a singles race it's going to be uh, me without well with hopefully all of the right preparation this time um, yeah, so on that note yeah. Ben just to rudely interrupt this is your redemption race yes it is your... <laughs> what additional prep have you actually done to redeem yourself um, so I've been and how much time have you had between Birmingham and now so it's been... and do you think it's feasible <laughs> and I don't know what's what going on. What are you on. thinking? <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Um, Who's so, this new girl that you're dating? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. The penny drops. What do you really want to all know? Um, so the... All I want to talk about is that last question now. Um, the, you know, so five weeks since the last, um, last race. What I've been focusing on is trying to get back in love with it and focusing in the training side of things with more running and more longer runs. Um, So I've been posting about two to three 5Ks a week just outside of training and then actually working in more, well, a few longer runs, a few 10Ks and then some actual, some weight training. So focusing more on actually lifting weights. Now, I know because you've told me this that your running is on the treadmill, right? Yes, it is, yeah. How do you think... Or have you done anything to mitigate the fact that running on a treadmill might be a little bit easier than running on a on a track at all? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because like there are there are pros and cons to using a treadmill as part of your training plan. Like for me, if I'm doing five k's and like sort of medium to long runs, it's like okay, cool. Like you can you can stand there. You don't have to. Like, 
plan a route or anything but where a treadmill becomes really advantageous is where you're doing like a kilometer run and then mi- mixing in some sort of metcon workout and actually hitting the weights in between each kilometer and trying to emulate that sort of um, pace of a high rocks race without having to either lay out kit on your run or sort of abandon your kit in a park whilst you go and do a jog so the what I've been trying to do is use well basically I've been lazy it's been cold the clocks have gone back and I've been doing treadmill runs uh, I've been using the putting the in the incline up is, is, so is, is lazy really the, the right well way to talk about it? I mean, uh, you, you don't want to run in the dark like realistically mm. you don't want to do that you don't want to strap a head torch you to know, your forehead and I do really yeah I'd much rather run I'd much rather run do a norm do a run out in the open over running on a treadmill any day of the week really? obviously if you're doing a 1k thing and you're yeah. kind of mixing it in between a workout it probably makes more sense on the treadmill but I, I'm really someone that only really can run outside and like, is that just a distraction thing or is that like you're feeling it more in your legs no I just feel it just feels it feels more it feels more natural it feels like the thing that I should be doing it feels like I'm more engaged um, if I'm out on a run, so there's more going on. I just feel I feel like I get very bored if I'm on a treadmill, and also the challenge of, well, I don't know, like keeping your pace and figuring out what's like what feels like the right time, as opposed to being like knowing, being told what your run pace is on, on, on a treadmill. I agree. I think that is something that you don't learn with treadmill running is the ability to to push yourself and keep yourself at certain pace or barriers, and that's something that I, f- I struggle with during the actual race itself is knowing at what pace I'm running at. Um, I use an Apple Watch. I quite like the idea of being able to see my pace live, but obviously, well, personally, I haven't actually found any of the apps that allow you to jump into a sled push, a sled pull, then jump out into a run and it not sort of joggle it about without having to hit like lap or plus or anything like that. Over reliance on technology. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is something that, like with treadmill running, you're there like, oh, this is the speed, and then you do have to play that sort of game of like oh am I going to step the speed down this is hurting me sort of thing so in, in the other way that te- you've got a mental game where you can probably stay at a, a faster pace for longer if you're if you're seeing your speed on a treadmill versus like you might just sort of fade slightly if you were running I don't know what do you feel so it's a good point actually because I was going to bring this up because I've been doing a lot of treadmill running as well we've kind of been spurring each other on to do various types of runs and distances and um, when you're on the treadmill because there's such limited amount of distraction you feel the pain that your body goes through a lot more and whereas it might be easier to pace yourself because it's literally get on the treadmill set the thing at the desired pace and then go it's a real battle you need to go through to have that tenacity to say right I've committed to 10k I've committed to running 30 minutes I've committed to xyz whatever it is and I'm going to do that and not press that button or not slow down or not speed up even either towards the end of some of the longer runs I do in the treadmill I want to speed up because I'm thinking oh well I'll get this done over no you've set your mind to something finish that right so that's something you do learn and why that's applicable to high rocks is it's the same thing you know for a fact starting at that start line you're only going to finish it if you've done all of the eight exercises and the running in between right so getting your body used to 
that discomfort, knowing you're in discomfort and you have that goal and you're going to reach that goal and not press that metaphorical button. Yeah, it's that, it's that pledge that you make, isn't it? In saying like, I've signed the contract, now I'm going to have to deliver the goods. Yes. And on, it was interesting you, what you were saying on the topic of treadmill running, like some of the techniques that I use to focus on not having to sort of pay attention to the speeds or sort of try and zone out of the pain is I'll put a towel on the screen. I'll put a towel over the top of it all so I'm not looking at the numbers or the clock. And then the other thing that I picked up off my dad, which I never really use or, I mean, even think about too much, but I know this is a thing for some people, is he won't listen to music because for him, he knows that the average song is about three and a half, four minutes. And that's effectively like almost a kilometre in runtime. So he'll cover the screen and then won't listen to a song because he'll be almost pacing himself to that and be like, oh, you, the song's finished, should I be here or should I be there? And try, trying to overthinking it. So do being able to see all these things on a treadmill cause you too much pain and discomfort and cause you to overthink things? And if we contrast that against running outside, why is running outside so much better? For me personally, I just find it to be, like I said, it feels more natural. And yeah. I also don't listen to music when I run. Mm. I just wanna be hearing my breath and Hearing my feet hit the road, hit oh, the tarmac, gone. just running all the way. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I don't know. To me personally, I don't like looking at numbers and knowing how much I have left to run of something. I don't mind making it up in my head, mm. but I don't like watching, looking at my watch. I don't like looking at a screen. I just want to just feel it, mm. because that's what you feel in the high rocks. You don't have a number. You haven't got a screen to look at. You don't really know your pace. So you need to be good at judging that and being, being comfortable with that yourself. Do you think if, um, if Hyrox were to sort of it, iterate on the, the timing stuff, do you think people would want to see their speed shown on, on the laps when they go around? You know when like, you do your first lap, if they would say like, oh, that was this much? I think it would be very useful because it is very hard to judge how fast you're running at a of when you're doing compromised running it's very hard to like judge how fast your pace is after you've done all those burpee broad jumps for example mm. um, I'd personally find it very interesting to know that because it would help me try and like keep a pace yeah I have a question for you Ben yeah go for it uh, so you've done lots of running yeah in preparation over the last five weeks you've done some strength based training what are your thoughts going into Saturday? How do you feel? How, how are you mentally preparing for this one? Because I know, obviously, last time round, it was quite a different conversation. Yeah, um, great question. I think the mental game for me this time is about focus, about going in with a positive attitude on almost like planning everything ahead of time, taking that sort of... Um, approach where I know that I want to be clinical with this race. I want to be, even if I'm, even if I'm moving a bit slower, not stopping in any of the zones, like not stopping to pick up water, like have a sort of a momentum or a clockwork sort of approach to it. And I think the the biggest thing that I'll be doing is probably not running around like a headless chicken beforehand um, and trying to get my head in the zone and sort of do the the flight checklist of like all these things need to boot correctly and then now we're off i'm feeling positive for it actually like i think last time i was kind of a bit nervous like oh it's in the season like what's going on and i mean i've been training a bit stronger this time but i'm not 
I don't feel like I'm at the top of my training game by any means. I've just had a huge McDonald's, for God's sake. So I think it's a case of, one, enjoying it, but two, going into it, knowing that, like, I'm going to do well, like, building that sort of positive reinforcement from the get-go. How do you think you're going to support someone that's never done one going around, Max? <laughs> How am I going to support someone? As in... You're doing it with your brother, yeah. and, like, obviously you're experienced and he's not. Like, what? how do you think that relationship's going to play out? And are there going to be any sibling sort of intricacies? How, how are you going to be carving up your race? Because when we did doubles, you and I, we kind of had a bit of strategy at the beginning, and we ended up doing more or less 50-50 on most exercises. But, like, is that the same tactic you're going to use with, with Felix? God, there's such an onslaught of questions. Um, one by one. So, will there be sibling rivalry, bickering? 100% that will happen. Yes, <laughs> there will be some form of argumentation. Um, how am I going to break it up? And how am I going to take him by the hand and guide him round? Um, well, I've, I've, done, I've done a race as a veteran with a newbie before and that was with my friend Anna in the mixed doubles in Manchester and I do quite like the role of being the more experienced person and guiding them setting out a bit of a battle plan and putting them at ease a little bit I think I think that that is a nice thing to do and I will be doing that this time round as much as my little brother will want to listen to his older brother I imagine you know fair few pieces of information irrespective of how useful they are will be omitted because it's coming from a dickhead you know <laughs> um so how are we going to break out my brother's very strong and he's 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 a good runner as well he is he is athletic all round but he's not in as good a shape as i am in and he's also not done six irox's like i have so i will be pushing him along but it's a good question. I, I'll have to report back after the race, I reckon, because I, I don't know if it's going to be very sympathetic, kind love, or if it's going to be tough love. What it's going to be, I don't know. Mm. Do you do you have a feeling that he's going to be he's going to excel at some of the exercises? And if so, what would what are those going to be? Mm. I feel like sled push. He's going to be good at. Mm. He's a he's a he's a beefy beefy boy but beefy boy what's he bad at um beefy boy what's he bad at <laughs> um i reckon the more cardio based things i reckon how's his ski erg i was gonna say ski erg is gonna be a weird one because i don't think anyone does anyone enjoy this no i hate the ski erg i did it I yesterday like it was horrible egg. i quite like the ski erg yeah why, why why do you like it because it's the only cardio that i was able to do when I hurt my knee first time round. I think the ski erg is one of the, like the dark arts of like form. Like everyone says a different thing when you go and train train with yeah. them. They're like, oh yeah, like spread your wings like a gull and use that time to like rest or like go up onto your tiptoes and then straight back down and like even. Was that the exact metaphor that was used? No. Spread your wings like a gull. Well, I, it's like you know when you like wrap them round and you're like flying like a bird. No, no, I, I know exactly, yeah. and it's very apt. It's just it's a weird bird reference. Yeah. To use. I mean. I mean, do you have a preference on bird? Uh, no, 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 no. It's just I was curious as to who told you that, or if it just it was a was a Ben. It was a Benism. It was a Benism. 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 Right. Okay. 
But I think the, the guys at High Rocks, they, they went and did some training with the concept guys and they, they told them the official thing, but there must be like a guide on what to do somewhere. Maybe we should, we should well, cover that. What, Movement I mean. standards. Go back and do that again after we've done in between this race and ahead of London. Maybe we do like a movement standards episode, mm. uh, just so that everyone everyone picks up on the little tips and tricks. Um, and then we should also ask our audio, our listeners what tips and tricks they have for different movements. Yeah, it's not all about us, is it? Because we're, I mean, we're not pros, any of us. No, we we're just, just, we're just frequently jokes. get penalties as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got no reps so hard last time, it threw my mental game out the window. Boys. I just realized. What's no rep in Germany? Uh, in German. Oh. Uh, no rep. No rep. No rep. Nine rep. Nine rep. Nine So rep would be Wiederholung, yeah. which is an incredibly long. But and I don't think anyone would say that. So keine, keine Wiederholung. Keine Wiederholung. No rep. Oh, seems, yeah. seems quite. Has to be no rep. There has to be no rep. There has to be no rep. Mm. Nice cock. <laughs> okay. I mean, this has been a very fun episode to, to record whilst really we're in the dark. Yeah. yeah, it's been really good fun, actually. I mean, Max, where are we now? What's going on? Uh, we're almost in Brussels. In Brussels? Brussels uh, Sprout? Correct. The home and birthplace of the Brussels Sprout, yes. <laughs> Did you know that Brussels, as in Brussels Sprouts, are actually spelt Brussels? It's not Brussels. <laughs> You said the word twice, and we yeah. is... But everyone, for some reason, everyone I think thinks it's Brussels sprouts, but it's actually Brussels sprouts. Brussels, yeah, like plurals. Yeah, because it's named after Brussels. Oh, I thought you were pulling my leg. No, no, so no. What, it's, it's a double S. No, it's a, it was a single S for Brussels, but yeah. then obviously Brussels sprouts. I think is the plural. Yes, so you may be right. Right, so we've established nothing. But it's not Brussels apostrophe S. That's not no, right. No, 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 no. So Brussels sprout. Yeah. I don't want to eat Brussels after my high rocks. I think we might have some raclette. I would like to have a Belgian beer, but we'll be in. We won't be in Brussels. We'll be in Germany. So a German beer. And I would like to have a Dutch waffle. Ooh, chicken waffle. Stroop waffle. Stroop waffle. Stroop waffle. That would be cool. Um, I had a chocolate-covered stroop waffle the other day. Yeah? It was delicious. Where'd you get it from? In Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the county. Yeah, yeah. The, you got, got it from the county. I got it from a, from a farm shop in Norfolk. Brilliant. Ooh. All right, someone okay. farted. No, no, I'm fine. Uh, we're now going through... Oh, my God. Okay, right. Uh, I think that's about time for us to wrap this episode up. Uh, we're in a lovely, uh, what is now a hot box of the worst variety. Uh, tra- <coughs> troubling. Uh, I, I can't do it. Right, Rock Zone out. <laughs>